Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Wilcio Ho. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. Okay, welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, AC Rodriguez. Welcome aboard. AV Cube. And, of course, Michael Rudnan. How are you doing, my friends, my friends, all the others? Come on, check in, folks. Check in so that I can call out your name. Michael Rudnan says, Egberto, how are you feeling today? Pardon, I have a few long ones. Please read ahead and pick one to skip out right. Folks, 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 I'm feeling better. You still have the cough, etc. You know, a little bit of... The throat was never sore. It was just kind of congested. But anyhow, we are here doing the mission. Anyhow, starting with Rudnan's work, Common Dreams and Center for Biological Diversity. Biden accused of lighting fuse for one of the nation's biggest carbon bombs. The unit basin railroad will spur an increase of up to 350,000 barrels a day, uh, amounting to up to 53 million tons of annual carbon pollution, as much or more than what's produced by the nation's three largest power plants, sending tens of millions of barrels of crude oil each year from Utah to Houston area for refining would be equivalent to adding a new refinery to the region, which already exceeds national pollution standards. Most of the railway, though, Ashley National Forest Park, 12 miles within what five bridges and three tunnels would be on public lands protected by roadless area conservation. Uh, the oil trains would increase the risk of fires and oil spills, along with activities to expand into an area that's protected in the ecosystem critical to the public and environmental health, said Carly Farrell, Utah Sierra Club director. It is an egregious decision and exacerbates climate change instead of addressing the impacts we're feeling right here at home. We will stay resilient in the face of increasingly devastating consequences. President Biden could be doing everything in his power to respond to climate emergency, but he's about to light one of the nation's largest carbon bomb. This is pouring another 5 billion gallons of oil on the fire every year and bulldozing a national forest in the process in a horrific Step in the wrong direction, everyone. So worried about the price of gas at the pump that the solutions for getting more crude oil refineries about to deal catastrophic damage. You know what? All of this is an education issue. The fact of the matter is, I hate to, you know, it, 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 sometimes you feel like you're beating a dead horse when you try to say, you know, all, right now the oil companies are using this fall shortage, which is not a shortage, to try to extract whatever they can out of the administration, given that the administration is not very friendly to the oil industry. So all we can do is keep fighting, Michael, and we got to keep the pressure on and by keep informing people about what's occurring here. Good job. CBS News, early morning explosion damages, controversial, uh, more explosion damages, controversial Georgia guide, uh, Guidestone Monument, Northern Judicial Circuit District Attorney uh, Parks. White said the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said they have Many leads. He said the monument could be considered a public building and the penalty for using explosives to destroy a public building was a minimum of 20 years in prison without the possibility of parole. The Georgia Guidestones were a Cold War relic likely built by eco-fascists about how to rebuild society after World War III wiped most of it out. I can understand why the right-wing bubble has so many insane conspiracies around this thing considering it was one of the one of theirs who was its engineer. The monument were meant to survive a nuclear explosion, but couldn't survive a conventional one to say. That's technical fault. Bit of irony there. All right, a follow-up for anyone interested in, in more about the Georgia Guidestone. Can read that next one there. Anyhow, public citizens, military-industrial complex clinches nearly 450. That, I've, I've covered that one in my, my chart here. 400, you know, it's a hell of a return on investment. We give politicians $10 million, for which we have a 
return on profit. If the fiscal year 23 Pentagon budget ultimately enacted indeed reaches the amount approved by the Senate Armed Service Committee, an outcome that is likely given the trajectory of the budget in previous years, the defense contractors will have clinched a return of in its $10 million on an investment of nearly 450,000%. The military-industrial complex maintains a potent political influence machine that extends far beyond campaign spending, and there's no reason to doubt the supporters of more Pentagon spending believe in what they're doing, but nor should anyone doubt the military-industrial complex campaign contributions both reward and encourage Congress to shovel money to the Pentagon, even so many human needs... First of all, you, if you believe they believe what they're doing, I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. These guys are just doing this for money. All these things that we're building eventually gets blown up, turned into scrap, or in worst case, given to local police who then use it to dehumanize a certain sect within our society. Anyhow, let's see what else we got here. Bridge MCP say, hey, everyone, how you feeling, Derek Berto? Is family still well? Yes, they still feel well. As far as I am concerned, I'm, I'm recovering. I hope I don't have a relapse or anything like that. But so far, I'm feeling uh, good, except for some congestion and a few, a little bit tired, etc. Uh, but, you know, what can I say? It, it's, it comes with the territory. All right. Senor Rodriguez says, Terraflu works very well to combat some of the symptoms, possibly even prescription strength cough medicine. Probably, you know, I, I am one of those who always try to... Um, let my I am a, I'm a, a masochist I guess I try to let my immune system take your stuff so while you know my wife was trying to give me stuff hey take this take that take, I'm like no 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 the only thing I did take was Tylenol for the fever because I started to get some chills that one day that one day okay alright Eric Hayes says feeling better Egberto yes sir he calls me Politico Egberto muchas gracias por it. Por preguntar. Yes, I'm feeling better today. AC Rodriguez says, hey there, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes says, $100 a month invested from age 26, 25 to 65 is 1.17, call it $1.2 million. Um, 11, 100 invested, that it depends. I think that assumes a stock market growth continuously of about 7%, if I recall how that is actually computed. Oh, you said 10 to 12%? Yikes. That's unlikely. That is unlikely for 30 years. So mm, I won't count on that at all. Uh, but you're not 25 anymore. That's okay. Just start working on things now. No matter what age you begin investing, you'll be glad you did when it's time to retire. Well, let me just tell you my quick little story. I did invest from my software company, uh, quite a bit. And since I've been doing this now for over 10 years and haven't yet bro broken, even people say, well, why are you still doing it? Because the, as the, the, growth, the growth rate of my business here, meaning telling the truth and all this stuff, is on a growth path that eventually will break even. I'm not trying to get rich or anything like that. So I had to uh, pull down, to put it bluntly, the vast majority of my retirement is what we lived on as I'm building this stuff. So eventually we'll break even. I don't need, I can do this stuff. You know, some people have to retire. I don't ever intend to retire. So I will be doing writing and all this stuff as long as I can, as long as I can. And if that means into my 80s and 90s, that's what I'll be doing. 
All right, let's see. I don't intend to, you know, some people think, oh, we're going to retire, then go on vacation. A lot of people retire, go on vacation and die. I am going to retire never. Even when I'm on vacation in Cabo San Lucas, I'm with a laptop, figuring things out and blogging. All right. Eric Hayes says, Dave Ramsey. He, I, I, look, I used to like Dave Ramsey. Unfortunately, he sort of have some conservative tenets that trickles into his financial planning. And that irks me because there's nothing good about conservative thinking when it comes to morality. And that's my issue. All right. Uh, let's continue. Hayes, my wife is an insurance salesperson. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, Paul Fleming says, yep, I give him a hit uh, in both places. Uh, who hit? Okay, good, 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 good. AC Rodriguez says, got to have the show up on two devices. Want to listen to the other two comments. Huh? Uh, Maywood says, good afternoon, everybody. How is everybody today? We are all fine. We're all fine. I'm recovering well. I think I'm recovering well. I think I'm recovering well. So I am fine, my dear. I'm fine. All right, continuing. We got AC Rodriguez says, want to listen to other to comment and get my statements wrong with my speech to text. <laughs> That's funny. Maywood says, and a special, how are you, Egberto? Recovering from COVID fine, sir. Recovering from COVID fine. Bridge MCP says, but I, I, I tell you one thing, though. I am a little bit winded, a bit tired, but that'll be back pretty soon because I'll be back on my cycle to bring back up my cardio system. All right, uh, Breed says, I do both AC on YouTube. You can see FB comments as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. I do the same. Watch and comment on Twitch. Comment on Facebook, which gets redirected to both Twitch and YouTube. Smart. Paul Thomas says, why hasn't Jeannie Thomas been subpoenaed? I don't know. Your question is just as good as mine. Jeannie was a part of the insurrection. You would think by now <coughs> she would be called out i agree all right let's see what else we got here why hasn't genie okay egberto covid often becomes a two-week ordeal that you have to live through if you need to take time off please prioritize your health the good thing about doing this is i'm sitting you know the, the problem is this when i go into bed like i i've been going to bed before uh midnight since i have covid and the thing about it is i normally go to bed between two and three in the mornings so that's an extra two hours of rest that I normally don't get. And uh, it's funny because while I'm there, it takes me a while to go to sleep because I'm so wired thinking about what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to blog about, all that sort of thing. It's just sort of, ugh. But I love it. All right. Yvette Avery Herod, welcome, my dear. PDR Posse, I hope you're getting better daily. I am my beautiful Yvette. I'm, I am. Alistair Waters, preciosa, she says. Hi, all. Hi, Alistair. Eric Hayes says, 10 hours of sleep is good too, Egberto. Four hours, not so much. Your immune system is down. Yeah, that is true, um, Eric. You're absolutely right about the immune system and four hours of sleep. Ah, one of these days, I'm going to have enough supporters that I'm going to be able to have somebody who does some of the videos for me that I don't have to spend all that time crunching. AC Rodriguez says, I am the same, but my wife works in a medical facility. That's what she took with all her family when they caught it. Worked out pretty well. Better to have the tool and not need it than need it and don't have the tool. You are absolutely right. I think you're talking about Plaxaville or something like that. I didn't read. There's a comment missing, I think. 
Eric Hayes says, it's better to be invest in stable company that give dividends, etc., and manage their cash. You can have something because with your our current system, no way. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Bree says, love you, Eric. Eric's a good guy. Eric's a good guy. He's one of us. Egberto, uh, don't forget to notify all the people you had close contact with over the weekend. I did. And replying, and by the way, you know, I'm on also all kind of channels that I went ahead and advertised it too. So I did. Carl Cox says, inflation caused by mega corporations and government spending. Don't believe conservative liars. Not, not, not government spending. I was about to correct you there till I saw that I actually made the mistake in how I read it. So anyhow, folks, 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 thank you guys kindly for all those commentaries. Thank you for your commentaries. Uh, the first piece that I want to play today is about the DNC advisor as far as the election 2022. His thoughts on that. So let's go ahead and do it. And then we'll take it on the other side. The question is, with all this voter suppression that we see Republicans doing over and over again with the lies that they have to use to justify it, could it be that they are on the, what, how should we say this? They're on the path to defeat by their own doing? Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. And yet Republicans saw fit to try to rewrite all the voting laws in America. Why? Because they know that they are going to lose if they keep going right. down this path. And if they don't suppress the vote, they have no chance. So if, if they're in the middle of this sort of suppression idea, you've got a new poll coming out. Sixty five percent of Republicans think there was widespread voter fraud. They're convinced that, like, you know, there's a scam. That's the only way Joe Biden got in. I've always kind of wondered if part of your messaging to your own base is the whole process is rigged. How the heck do you then translate that into people bothering to vote? Because, you know, overall, if you keep telling me, hey, man, no matter how much you go to gym, how much you go to the gym, you're still going to be fat. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not going to crunch fitness anymore. <laughs> when do you think Republicans, it's just not working for me. When, when do you think Republicans will get it in their head that that debunking the system could have an impact on the margins for people actually turning out to vote for them. I mean, you would think that after what happened in the Georgia special election, where railing against the fairness and and the the election integrity wasn't really a winner for them and cost them right. potentially those two seats, that they would learn the lesson. But again, this is the the gospel of idiocy with the apostles of stupid following it. Keep repeating these same mistakes over and over and over again. And you're right. At the end of the day, when we come to election day in November 2022, if turnout in the Republican areas isn't what the pollsters think it should be, look back at this as the reason. Last quick thing, Kurt, I got to ask you this. As you've seen some of these primaries come out and sometimes far right MAGA Republicans are losing to just mainstream terrorists uh, supporting Republicans. They're saying, hey, look, I don't trust the election process. Do you think we could see splits down the line in the in the midterms that could lead to lower Republican turnout? Do you think hard right MAGA people may say, hey, if my election denying person isn't the candidate, I'm not going to vote. You think that's a possibility? Oh, I think it absolutely is. Again, we've seen some of this happen already in previous elections elections. And this has been the great concern that Republican leaders like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell probably have, that they're going to basically 
talk themselves out of a win by running these extremists, these out of touch with the mainstream Americans who want to do things that are just so far outside of where most voters are and where common sense is that there's just no way they're going to be able to cobble together the votes to win. It's going to cost them. And they're going to be people who may not want to vote for a Democrat, but they're not going to vote for these people either. And they're just going to not vote. We now he had to practice that one. I'm, I'm sorry. That was too good. The gospel of idiocy with the apostle of stupid. He had to practice that. Anyhow, but that is true. If you don't think your vote matters, it's not going to affect those people who think their vote matters. It's going to affect those who think, well, we vote. It's not going to count anyway. As you try to suppress the other's vote, it just doesn't work. I mean, Georgia was a good example. We got Warnock and uh, forgot his name out, out of it. So, you know, let, let them keep doing what they're doing. But what we have to do is ensure that the people that we know support the progressive policies, which really in reality are most Americans, go out there and vote. Your vote matters, especially now. Go out there and vote and vote your interests, not what somebody makes you believe is in your interests. Vote your interests. Spend- All right, folks. Hey, um, I'm getting ready to to set up again uh, for taking uh, live calls. If you guys want us to start taking live calls, meaning people call in and talk, uh, vote for me now. Let, tell me if I need to go do the work to um, do the work and a little investment to get that back up and running. So tell me, do you want to hear people call in live either by clicking on Zoom or, 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 or dialing that Zoom call to get in? Let me know if that's what you want. If that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. So let me know if I should get back into that modal. And I, I'm waiting for your responses. All right. Um, Eric says, <clears throat> Eric says, it's government spending that caused inflation. So I mean, putting more money into people's hands, right? Is what a lot of these conservatives want to say caused inflation. So and in that, in that height, they're, they're calling it on the government, because the government gave money to people and people had money to spend, that it's government faults that the prices automatically increased. All right. We already discussed several times over and over again that in the case of gasoline, and I'm just using gasoline as one example. We could use it for every example, for food, for everything. Uh, now, the way pricing work with these corporations, right, is they, they'll They'll price whatever people are willing to pay for it. They have the choice of leaving a price uh, the same of not, or dropping the price or raising the price. They have the choice. <clears throat> they know that Americans got some money from the government. Americans got that money from the government. Americans could do one of several things, right? They could save that money or they could spend that money. What we found is a lot of people saved that money that they got from the government for a rainy day. But that was not good enough for corporate America. <clears throat> corporate America decided that they, because they knew that Americans had money, they were just going to take it away. And how do you take the money away from Americans? In the case of gasoline, remember, there's only one reason to raise prices on gasoline is so that people would buy less of it if you have a tight supply. But as you know right now, 
you can't find anywhere where you can't find gasoline. There's gasoline all over the place. All over the place. So the only reason for the gasoline prices to go up is because the corporate guys says, we know that people have extra money so they can spend that extra money on gasoline. How do you get that it's the government that's causing inflation when it is the corporate guys who know that people have more money so they are going to increase the price of the product because people are still going to buy it. They're not going to stop buying it. And then worse, you want to blame a government when what you watch is you watch all the corporate guys go on to CNBC and start to say, we are making a killing. These price increases are going directly into our pockets as shareholder buy, share, share buybacks, also as uh, uh, bonuses for the executives, also as higher dividends. What kind of psychology would have one to believe that it's the government causing these high prices as opposed, as opposed to corporate America who has these high prices just because they can. And the only way to mitigate that is to create an, a, a windfall profit tax. In other words, we are going to break a certain amount. After a certain point, we're going to take that money back away from you and give it back to the people you stole it from. It's that simple. That's simple. Now, of course, the best answer is on industries where people don't much have the choice, we should nationalize those industries where it is proven that these corporations will simply increase prices, make your life difficult, prevent you from saving because they can. And as long as we have many people continuing to talk about somehow the government being responsible for inflation while you watch rich corporate guys get rich with bonuses, shareholders get rich with stock buybacks and dividends, and the average American citizen, most of which don't own stocks to earn that dividend, suffer and are unable to save. Folks, it's time for us to stop allowing them to dummify us into believing that it's we the people who are causing the problem and understand who's actually causing the problem. Corporate America. They cause the supply chain problem. They cause the offshoring problem. They cause, the, 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 they cause all these problems are not government-created problems. They're created by corporate America. Egberto, brain at night is the usual women's brain all day and night. You know what? I've been declared an honorary woman by the, a women's group here in Houston. So what can I say? All right. Uh, Peggy says, today in 1928, for the first time, Missouri Chilcoat Baking Company offers up packages of clean-made sliced bread. Sliced bread banned for a time in 1943 as wartime extravaganza. Really? Eric, you can't vilify an election that hasn't taken place yet. You are just projecting, and it is the reverse of what was about 2020. The president got elected. It happened and accepted. Move forward. 
we are not vilifying the election. We are talking about what's occurring right now. Read the news. Uh, in, in Georgia, where you're, uh, they're removing drop boxes to make it more difficult for people in minority areas to, to deposit their, their mail. And in several other Republican states, that's what they're doing. They're making sure to target areas where a lot of minority votes to make it more difficult or more strenuous for them to vote. That's not projecting to the future. That is stating the present. The present. Okay. Dave Smith says, do a search on here with Hunter Biden voicemail. Why would I want to do that? I have no interest in Hunter Biden. Remember what I spoke to you guys about yesterday, folks. Don't allow the right to change the subject. The subject for this election is numero U is uh, the Supreme, uh, a, a rogue Supreme Court was the second coup attempt as they took away women's right to their own bodies, as they took away environmental access by the EPA, as they took away many other things, and as they plan on giving states the right to overturn an, an, an election by taking that case in North Carolina. So those are the things that we're running on. And also, we're running on Republicans refusing to provide the safety net that Americans need, especially in a time when COVID is still active. And we need to prepare for another COVID expansion by stating they are not funding, they are not funding mitigate COVID mitigation. Remember that. Don't let them bring up Hunter Biden and 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 judges and 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 bond issues. That's crap. You stick to what is bread and butter for Americans and what affect their lives. Do not allow yourself to be convinced to take up another subject. So therefore, Dave Smith, Hunter Biden voicemail, no interest. I don't think you're getting interest here. All right, Michael Ren is a conservatives learning a lesson and admitting wrong before changing. This doesn't mean until they're badly personally affected, the repercussion of their beliefs and actions. Nope. Alistair Waters, 100% accurate. Pat uh, Cipollone tape testimony will be one six will will be big for the one six committee. He will corroborate Hutchinson testimony and 45's murderous intent detail the scheme to corrupt DOJ and lots more. Lindsey Graham does not have a legitimate basis. All of this from E2247. Uh, legitimate basis to resist the DA subpoena. Federal Senator Contact says. All right. What else we got here? Uh, biggest threat to 45 is always has been Atlanta DA. Some still focus too much on federal charges. Sometimes not even mentioning GA. That's just wrong. GA should be addressed first. I think so. And Fanny Willis looks like she's really, really serious. And she's like, Steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. All right, let's see. Bridge MCP says, hey, live calls? Not really. Kind of takes away from the show. Okay. Alistair Water says, yes, live calls. See, I get two sides of the story. So what I'll probably do is have some days for live calls, have some days for not. All right. Rodney Egberto, as it comes to your vote doesn't matter. There's a Supreme Court case on the docket called Moore versus Happer. That I want you to, it's the Supreme Court rules badly. It assumes it will. Our votes really won't matter. That is the North Carolina case, I believe. All right, Bridge MTP, unless calls are kept to a minute. You guys won't have to teach me how to do that. You know, I like to give people the chance to say their piece, but for the sake of the program, I may have to be stricter and tell them up front what I'm going to do. You know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings anyway. So we'll continue. 
I learned how to do it better uh, than when I do it on air at KPFT. On air at KPFT, sometimes I get a hard time, but I learned how to do it to, 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 best, to best satisfy this audience. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, gas, uh, wow, Biden is shipping oil reserves to other countries, not ours. And why is this? Basically making the country weak. If an emergency happens fuel-wise, why not flood the market with American oil and lower the prices globally? Actually, I don't know um, if what you said, if you kind of reread what you said, but Eric, it really doesn't make much sense since we all know oil is a global commodity. So, you know, just saying, just saying, just saying. Uh, by the way, anybody else notice that all the places the Republicans are claiming the elections were rigged or Republican control states? <laughs> Right, because what they wanted to do is that even though Biden won in some of those states, they want to be able to overturn the thing. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Carl Cox, British MTP says, I hear you, Alistair Waters, but most who are visually impaired and use a computer PC have software that talks to them. Carl Cox says, conservatives believe in welfare, corporate welfare for mega corporations, thus helping the mega rich. Conservatives don't believe in small business. Don't believe in the bottom 90%. I agree. Daniel Ledo says, let's hear the justification for Biden selling our petroleum reserves to China. Actually, <clears throat> I think that's wrong. I, I don't have the evidence right now. But I do know that China is buying uh, oil from, from Russia on the cheap, on the very cheap. And I gave you guys the corroborating information about a week or two ago. Dividends can receive by investing. Yeah, but not everybody have the money to invest. And even if they invested, if they only had $1,000, the dividends that you get on $1,000 investments are peanuts. Okay? We're talking about the mega investors right now. Carl Cox says, Biden isn't shipping oil reserves to foreign countries. That's big oil's doing. Thank you for actually reminding them that, you know, our oil companies have not been nationalized. I think they should be, but they have not been. So it's not, you know, thank you. All right. Daniel Ledo says, ah, Egberto denies he is a rabid Marxist. <coughs> are you listening? I think they are, Daniel. I think they are. All right. The government policy leading to higher prices wipes away everyone's savings, period. Can't blame your way out of this one voters will remember in November. I, I wonder, Eric... I gave you the cycle. I gave you the cycle of how I gave you just for gasoline, but I could just as well do it for milk, cheese, etc. But I gave you the cycle of how prices increase. These are prices that increase not because of demand, but because they could. Because they knew there was money in Americans' pocket and they raised the prices as much as they could. That's not government's doing. You, because if you're saying that's government doing that, that's saying government shouldn't put money into the pockets of people who would need it or would do well to save it or whatever because we need to leave them in the condition that they're in. Only a certain few deserve to have excess revenue. That's what you're saying. If you're saying the average American citizen can't have some extra cash, that's what you're saying. I find it amusing. Not amusing. I, f I find it really pathetic. But hey, if you can live with yourself on that, what can I say? All right. AC Rodriguez replying to Ledo. Yes, he's a rabid critical thinker. 
Not sure that's the insult you intended it to be. Thank you, AC Rodriguez. Michael Rudnan says, Daniel wouldn't know what a Marxist stood for if one walked up to him. Told him, then slapped him to make sure he understood. <laughs> ah, that is funny. That is, in fact, funny. All right. Uh, Alistair Waters talking to Bridge. Peggy says, more and Harper concerns the independent state legislature doctrine, a.k.a. alternate elector, supreme finish coup Trump started. Exactly. And that's, I think, the North Carolina case. <coughs> All right. All right. Let's see. Uh, what else we got here? June Littler. Once a month. First Saturday is okay. Phone activity. Otherwise, too easy to get off topic during the week. See, I, you see why I leave a lot of this up to the to the audience? I still need that. I think I need to be able to have the option to have that. So in case some, some reason to have it, maybe I'll have a two or three hour show for a particular day to cover that. I don't know. I, I've also been thinking about, you know, I've been, I've been trying to see how to increase live audience participation. And uh, I was getting some advice as far as trying some live, bringing in some live folks at different hours of the night, you know, where, where people are actually home and just kind of scrolling through YouTube or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. I may, I may, I'm not going to change my, my three o'clock show now, but I may actually start doing that and, you know, probably trying to introduce folks. I don't know. Uh, j- just see how it works. Carl Cox says, uh, Anyone a rabid Marxist who doesn't love the mega rich corporations and doesn't do the business of the mega rich corporation. All right, agreed with June Littler. Oh my God, we have all kind of agreement. John Garcia, diagnosis okay. Hey, ¿qué pasó, hermano venezolano? ¿Qué me cuentas? The proposed solution isn't in the mom- in the moment the state becomes owner of production means you created your new master. Exactly, we created the master. Not the master created for us, right? And it's not really a master, but I'll explain later. That's why socialism is not the solution. More competition is. Let's give that a little analysis. By the way, John Garcia and myself, mi amigo venezolano, we have some differences in opinion on democratic socialism and capitalism and why capitalism is an utter failure. And, you know, a good friend of mine said, Egberto, you know, capitalism has problems, but tell me where another system has successfully worked. And I looked at him and I said, when you have the largest company with the, the country with the biggest military, uh, no other form is allowed to work anywhere else. I'm not looking for some kind of a <coughs> communist government or something like that. I want a government that has a very, very, very strong safety net. I want it to be that those who uh, that the things that, that are critical to our survival, energy, certain types of food, uh, utilities, all those things that, uh, that are commodities, I don't think should be in the private sector. I honestly don't think so. Now, uh, my friend Garcia had a motorbike company and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> That belongs in the private sector. Competition will keep prices in a way that people can afford. But my my example with oil stands. There is not a shortage of oil. And not only is there a shortage of oil, the reason they raised the prices and, 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 and consumption only went down by 2% is because they knew that there was money in the system. The government had given money to people. 
and rich people who own these corporations say we'll just take it from them. And and when you have a cartel, remember, the oil industry has never been free enterprise. It has always been a cartel. Because oil is in the ground for however you want to extract it. And we have more power to extract more than we need, but we don't. Because we have a cartel that decide pricing. People have to understand those concepts. I hope they do. Hey, thank you for coming over, Juan uh, John Garcia. Haven't seen you in a while, brother. All right. Uh, ABQ says, John, except that Marxism is about workers becoming the owner of production means. Yeah, and exactly. And, and, and a nationalized oil industry also means that we are the bastions of production because we are the ones who can actually say we don't want that anymore if we want to. All right, uh, let's continue here. Biden warned his son and said he would be fine. And guess what? New York Times had an article at the time. So he did and does know of his son. Who cares? Do you care? I don't. Tom C., no to call ins on PDR Live. Trolls would have a field day. Prefer current format. Wow. You see, this is y'all's show. So if you guys are, it seems like most are against bringing in live calls. So what I will do is I will keep that for an alternate show. So, I mean, you guys, you guys already, you guys already win. You guys already win. It's halftime. Thank you for reminding me, Bridge MCP. It's time for me to do my ask and I forgot. So here we go. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books politics all right folks yeah and but one other thing i am heading out well i'm going to new york in the first week of august that trip i got uh was it was a scholarship to get me out there to to speak to some folks on you know people together all that kind of stuff and uh i am however going to net roots nation uh, Pittsburgh, PA, in the middle of August, 
and I'm raising some uh, some funding for that particular trip. It's at our YouTube that is found, I mean, our, our GoFundMe that is found at politicsdoneright.com slash netroots, politicsdoneright.com slash netroots. I just put the, the clip, the link inside of the thing. I ask you so kindly, not only to support, to support it, but I ask you so kindly to share it to encourage others to support independent media. I'll be meeting with politicians and activists and bloggers and writers from all over the country, mostly progressives. There will be a few conservatives there, but it will be mostly progressive. It's a progressive gathering. So there's going to be a lot to do in those four days. I intend to use the most of it. Like I said, I'm one of the folks out there that interview the most people. It's a coveted section on Radio Row. Since I get that, since I've been lucky to get that coveted section on Radio Row, I make sure to go ahead and use it to promote a hell of a lot of activists, as well as uh, talk to politicians so that you can hear what they have to say, what they mean to say, etc., etc., etc. Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. Daniel Edo, welcome aboard. Eric Kays, all of you guys. Well, Shinedu Ubioma, welcome aboard as well. Um, anyhow, um. So please go ahead and visit politicsdoneright.com slash netroots and, and help us out fund for our trip to Netroots Nation 2022. Um, uh, let me, I just saw something from my good friend, John Garcia. And I want you guys to notice something, right? I, I believe in free enterprise. I want the pizza shop, the grocery store, all these things to be privately owned if that's the case right you can sell you can charge prices based on competition etc i believe in that i believe that profit margin for that person who works hard i i believe in all of that but i also believe that we can't have a certain sector of this economy that can do what the oil companies are doing and some parts of the food companies are doing they are simply raising prices because they can, and they know that we got some extra cash from the government during the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. So they can because they know people have the money. So instead of these people being able to save the extra or get something better with the extra, these people are just taking their money away. To my good friend, John Garcia, he's from Venezuela. And I hope you guys realize that we are able to have conversations, complete disagreement, Eventually, I think John is going to agree with me someday. But, you know, we can disagree and keep talking about it until we can actually say, well, I see what you're saying. John Garcia says something that is important, very important, because it shows that he listened to what I said. And I want to address what John Garcia said. That's, that's my buddy. This is what he said. All right. Uh, uh, he said, that is what. Uh, he said, energy, food, communications, nationalization. Call those strategic goods and services. That's exactly what Chavez did. The results are evident. Let me tell you what happened, okay? There are two things that happened. And what happened is you have to look at this through non-American uh, non eyes. Because what America does, right? Uh, Venezuela is a very rich country. They are full of oil and they have a lot of gold and other minerals. So they, there's a rich country. But the people are very poor. And the reason why are the, the, the people in Venezuela who runs everything. And Brother Garcia, you know, he's a good guy. I know him personally. He's a good guy. 
But there are certain things that I don't think my brother sees because he is, he was of the class that had, right? What very few people see is that America has had its tentacles in Venezuela and corporations were taking the lead of America. Let me give an example. If we nationalize certain food industries, right, the ones that are critical, as, as, as John Garcia perfectly says, and the oil sector and these other sectors, what you start to get from the private sector, as opposed to saying, let's see how we can reconfigure ourselves into a bifurcated economy, something that we need to do in the United States as well. How can we reconfigure ourselves into a bifurcated economy so that those items that people need that don't need to be profit-based, gasoline and all of that, because we all need it, and then we have the rest of the economy that is laissez-faire, right? If I want to sell motorbikes, I sell it. I do what I need to do, and, I, and it's profit-based, competition-based. That would be fine. But that's not what happened in Venezuela. We got the full-on sabotage not only by the United States against Venezuela, but by the, the corporate elite in Venezuela who created shortages, right? Okay, government, you want to take care of these criticals? Good. We're going to stop being efficient. We're going to stop doing X, Y, and Z. So they created a shortage. It's just like what we do in America, right? What did they do in order to try to justify high prices? They shut down refineries at all the wrong time. It's, it's all what the private sector does to maximize their monies. There are answers. We just don't follow them. We just don't follow them. All right, let's continue talking to our peeps. Let's continue talking to our peeps. All right, Mike Cisak says, Bridge MCP, yet even the liberal justices who were on SCUDA said that you can't incriminate a justice based on what their spouse does. Jeannie hasn't done anything that is criminal. She hasn't? Really? There is no shortage of oil as more diet drivers switch to electric hybrid or straight electric cars. There are fewer barriers of oil. Exactly, exactly, exactly. All right, let's see what else we have here. John Garcia, well, I read that one already. I kind of skipped on that one. Uh, what else we got here? Daniel Ledo, the flippant, I don't care regarding Hunter Biden and the president's possible entanglement in dubious foreign deals is a clear indication of not only radical mindset of Egberto, but a thinly veiled, diseased character. We all know it. If was Trump's kid, well, we all, well, it was Trump's kids. And we messed with Ivanka because she was in the administration. We didn't mess with the other two thirds because, again, they weren't. All right, let's continue. Mike C said the rampant corruption of the Biden family. You see how they're trying, you see how the right wing is trying to create this new narrative, folks. We have a new narrative that the right wing is trying to create. But we won't let them. Remember the show yesterday, and I'm, I take, I'm taking that clip out. Uh, I'm taking that clip out to, to remind Americans, to remind progressive, to remind Democrats, don't fall for the trap. Don't fall for Hunter Biden. Don't fall for, uh, you know, bail bonds. Don't fall for the crime. In, in other words, you have to turn all of these subjects right back onto Republicans. Oh, the crime rate is up. Of course. Take a look at what is happening in Houston. You guys decided to fill it up with guns. So, of course, there's more, there's more crime. You guys did it. 
when it when they start talking about Hunter Biden, he's not in 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 in, in the in, in Congress. He's not in the House. Forget about it. We're not talking about that. When they try to bring up any subject, disregard it. Remember, they are trying to get you away from telling the American people all the bad that they're doing to them. Okay? Let's remember that. Let's remember that. John Garcia gave me a little laughter. I don't know what that laughter is about. Garcia says, Derek Berto, Russia, China, Iran have their tentacles in Venezuela. You know why? Let me tell you why. Those countries have their tentacles in Venezuela because the United States left a vacuum. If the United States had simply played ball with, uh, with Hugo Chavez, like they played ball with other folks around the world, there would be no problem, but they didn't. So let's be clear here. Let's be clear here. That is what occurred. That is what occurred. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Nanette Bird Smith says, thank you enough. Rough couple weeks. Sorry about your rough couple weeks, Nanette. But thank you for becoming a part of our, our uh, Netroots Nation GoFundMe. You're, it's so, I so love all of you guys. Yurik Berto. Russia, China, and oh, I answered that one already. Paul Fleming says, why does Republicans think that it's okay for a 10-year-old to have a child? Those are the things that we need to talk about and keep it at the forefront. We cannot allow these guys to get it. I don't have much time, so let me go ahead and play this now. Let me go ahead and play this, and then we'll be right back to finish up. A few years ago, I started the Trump effect, where you showed all sort of really racist and other types of behavior that could that that got bold and the boldness came from uh from dr trump from president trump just letting it go and you know if the president can say these things eh, everybody can as well well there's another kind of effect i think is coming to play here and i'm going to start calling it the liz cheney effect and the liz cheney effect is saying i am going to go along with Democrats, progressive Democrats, if necessary, so that we can beat the ultimate evil in this country. The, those who are trying to take us on the path to fascism. And you know what? Uh, I think uh, Shapiro, the guy who's running for governor in uh, Pennsylvania, he is the person who is going to benefit from it most. So check this out today that a large group of Republican leaders has thrown its support behind the Democratic nominee for governor, that's State Attorney General Josh Shapiro, instead of the Republican nominee, that would be State Senator Doug Mastriano. Nine Republicans have said Mastriano, who has long been a supporter of the disgraced twice impeached ex-president and his false claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election, is an extreme candidate who would put our democracy at stake. Mastriano's ties to the fringe of the extreme wing of the GOP were only highlighted this past weekend when his supporters were seen holding a three percenters flag during an Independence Day parade. The three percenters 
centers are a right-wing militia that has been identified by the Southern Poverty Law Center as an extremist group. The group also played a part in the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Joining us now, Pennsylvania Attorney General and Democratic nominee for governor, Josh Shapiro. Hello there, um, my friend. It's nice to see you. There's been so much happening, and we wanted to get back to the campaign trail, and this seemed like a perfect day. You've got nine. Let me put up the names. These are these are real Republicans. Um, Charlie Dent, Jim Greenwood, former state House Speaker Denny O'Brien, former Lieutenant Governor, longtime state Senator Robert, uh, Robert Jubilee, and former state Supreme Court Justice Sandra Schultz Newman. Tell us about how you got all these endorsements and how you got them today. You know, I've been talking to Democrats, Republicans, and independents all across Pennsylvania. And I think it's important to note that these prominent officials represent all corners of our Commonwealth. It includes the first woman Supreme Court justice. It includes, as you said, people who are longtime servants of the Republican Party. It also includes the head of the county commissioners from one of the most conservative counties in Pennsylvania who currently serves. And they've all come together largely for for two reasons. Number one, um, they fear the the dangerous extremism of my opponent. And number two, they know I'm a guy with a long track record of bringing people together to actually get things done, which is what people want now more than ever. They want folks to get things done, make their lives a little bit better, and they trust I'll be able to do that. Look, my, my opponent has said his number one priority, his words, not mine, is banning all abortions with no exceptions and criminalizing doctors. He's not talking about, you know, cutting costs or improving education or public safety or growing the economy. And these Republican leaders trust me to do that work and bring people together. It is really outside the mainstream. I mean, a ban on all abortions and a ban on, uh, does he oppose um, exceptions for rape and incest and life of the mother? He says his words, not mine. He leaves no way for exceptions, not for rape or incest or to protect the life or health of the woman. And Nicole, this isn't some theoretical exercise or some political witness test. This is now a reality in Pennsylvania because we know with this legislature, they will continue to put bills on the desk of the governor and the next governor to ban all abortions. My opponent will sign it. He said it's his number one priority. I will veto any bill that undermines a woman's right to choose here in Pennsylvania. So uh, we see that it is obvious that we do, in fact, has an issue that can galvanize not only Democrats, but Republicans alike. Because again, these are human issues, not solely values of a particular sect issues. So uh, the Liz Cheney effect is in full effect. And we expect it to continue not only in the Shapiro race, but in several other races where Democrats are getting support from uh, mainstream Republicans to prevent, to prevent the path, the, tr- the, the walk towards fascism. All right, we're almost over with the show. Um, I, I saw some comments that, uh, let's see, the one that stands out, I think it's still Garcia. Because Garcia says that, you know, that the, the plutocracy is now controlled by those guys who own the companies, meaning the socialists who own the companies, et cetera, et cetera. And I always ask the same question, right? The, for, 
for a, a economic system that is that is uh, predicated on ripping people off to succeed, it has to find a negative in any other type of system, whatever you call it, whether you call it socialist, bifurcated, I call mine a bifurcated economy, right? You have to find a reason. But I ask you a simple question. What makes you believe that a, a company run by government executives has any less of waste or efficiencies than one run by corporate, you know, private corporate guys. There's only one difference. There is another layer of taking, right? In other words, shareholders have to get paid, profits have to be made, executives get their their bonuses. If you run by the government, you may have bonuses, etc., but you don't have this stuff called stocks which have to pay to dividends and whatever to these shareholders. So even if you are a tad bit more inefficient than the private sector, you're ahead. But you generally are not because, again, the private sector have this semblance of efficiency. But it's not true. If you take a look at every time we have a pri- the private sector take over pri- pro- public transportation, it costs more. Medicare run by private corporations called Medicare Advantage, it costs 20% more. I mean, every time we can do a direct comparison between a service government provides and a service that governments relegates to the private sector to provide, it always turns out that government is less expensive than and more efficient than the private sector. And that goes without saying, if you have to pay a dividend, if you have to pay all these things, that that profit then becomes an expense to the system. It's a lie that we have been indoctrinated with that we have to get out of our system. Every country in Europe that has tried privatizing the rails or the buses or whatever, they ended up paying more, getting less. Because remember, corporations are there to maximize the profit of the shareholders while when run by government. There's one exception to the rule. And let me give you that exception. If I only have part-time services that I need, let me give an example. Let's say in the Northeast where we have to um, clean the roads of ice, right? We're cleaning the roads of ice. It doesn't make sense for us to populate all ourselves with all these trucks and all of that, when you have individuals that can, for the winter season, private companies go ahead and they clean up the streets, individual private companies clean up the streets. And then in the summer when we don't need them, they go do something else for somebody else. That is more efficient in the long run for the, the, for the government to use the private sector to do that. But when it comes to things like healthcare, gasoline, and all of that, it will always cost more to have the private sector do it. Anyway, thank you so kindly for being here with me. Please, please, please support our uh, support our net roots. Um, support. Go to politicsonright.com. Let's see. Paul, Mike, Egberto completely ignores them. Let's see. Thanks for everyone. And Egberto, get better sleep. I'll get some more sleep. Please go to my GoFundMe, politicsonright.com slash net roots. Politicsonright.com slash net roots. Please support our GoFundMe to send us to Pittsburgh, PA, 
middle of February, middle of um of August. We're going to go out there and we're going to interview, interview, and what again? Interview. Have a wonderful day. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Writer. You guys know how I end this. Maybe I am what? Oh. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.